Welcome to Writers Forum, a weekly presentation of WRBH. I'm Sherry Alexander, and we want to welcome our guest today, Chris Champagne, author most recently of Secret New Orleans. Welcome to Writers Forum, Chris. Thank you, Sherry. It's nice to see you. Thank you for inviting me. Nice to see you again. Now, you are, in addition to being an author, you are a man of many talents. I, I know you as a writer, an actor, a poet, a comedian, columnist. Is there no limit to your talent? Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> you also, I noticed, since you were here, you were voted a New Orleans character. Yeah. Which, excuse me, you really are, and a top comedian. When you came before, we had talked about a couple of other books you wrote, a, a collection of poetry, Roach Opera, which is, um, you wrote it from a persona, well, you're a native New Orleanian, and your family has been here a long time. Right. And What's left of them? <laughs> what's left of them? And then my favorite was your Yat Dictionary that you wrote in 2013. Thank you. That was so much fun. Yeah, thanks a lot. It was it was fun to do too. So it's it's uh, I've gotten a lot of good feedback on that. So I was really kind of gratified by that. And so kind of kind of came out of left field and one of those things that worked out. So and now tell us about this new book. This is part of a series, Secret New Orleans. Yes, it's a Jean Les editions. It's a a company in Versailles, France, and uh, they do guidebooks, kind of offbeat guidebooks, I guess you'd call them is one way to put us, I suppose, or unique, maybe a better word, you know, secret Paris, secret Rome, things that, you know, people don't really talk about as much uh, small attractions or just little oddities that from history, the connected to things. And uh, they do a really good job with those publications. Well, and you did a really good job with this one because... Um, you may not know this, but since we last talked, I retired as a journalism professor. I'm still a journalist, but I'm also a part-time tour guide. Mm -hmm. So I've taken a lot of tour guide training and so on. And it was very intriguing to read this because you, you came across, you found some things that I don't think most of the tour guides know about. Um, I'm definitely going to be recommending this to everyone. Well, and it's you. it's good if a person wants to do his own tour, he can just put it in his pocket. Yes, it's, it's a very small. right. It's, it's a good size. It's a it's a beautiful product. I mean, physically, they the, the people at Jonglers did a wonderful job putting it together. And you know, for it's it's kind of a thing that it would appeal to me if I saw it on the shelf because it's things that you know, it gets into the culture. I mean, I tried to get you know historical backstories to, kind of, to some of the things that I you know, chose to write about, and uh, and being from here, I mean, some of the things that, there's a small amount of things that most people who've lived here all their life probably know about, but have probably forgotten about, and if they ever knew the backstories, I, I tried to flesh them out, things that they might not know, like about, uh, like Pops Fountain, for instance, about the the uh, Wiccan that was there, that used it as a, uh, a holy place, <laughs> and uh, if you, with quotes. Well, I'll take the liberty. I guess I know you're. Um, you've spent a lot of time working at the racetrack and around horses, and so I'll take dealer's choice as the interviewer. Okay, sure. If this is okay, you you have four neighborhoods, and you have more than a hundred 
attractions, and maybe if we, if I could ask you about some of the ones that I particularly enjoy, sure, would that course. be all right? Absolutely. Uh, I had never really noticed. Um, I'm, I'm just. I mean, did it going chronologically through the book. Okay. I had never um, heard of the tomb of the unknown slave. Yes. Treme. What is that about? Well. Evidently, when they were digging up and doing some of the renovations that they do in some of these older neighborhoods, they found a lot of evidence of people who had been buried, and they were African-American people who were found there. Nobody knew who they were? No, they're anonymous. No, they're anonymous. They weren't in a uh, cemetery. Right, and that's uh, an African-American... That's a... uh, a neighborhood that is associated with the African-American community very much. It's, it's often called one of the first black neighborhoods in the United States, if not the first. And it's by St. Og Church. Right, it's next to St. Og Church. And uh, I, I had never really uh, noticed it myself, to be quite frank. And I had a friend that lived uh, half a block away. In fact, I actually, now that I think about it, I uh, hid Easter eggs at midnight on Easter Sunday and the... the uh, Father Ledoux came out and asked us what we were doing. We said we were putting the Easter eggs for a hunt for the neighborhood children, and some of them had nickels and money in it. And he looked at us, he said, y'all must be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had even been around there, and I didn't even know it was there. So it, it is, uh, I, that's one of the things that I'm happy about, actually. I think that there'll be things in the book that, that people from New Orleans will see it, and they will realize that these things are there, and they may not have you realized that they were there before. Well, I've already notified a group that I hang with that we're going to be doing a secret New Orleans tour um, uh, when it gets a little cooler and just walk around to some of these places that we're not familiar with. It's very useful because not only do you give the specific street, you give the telephone number, you know, if there's uh, email, if there's some way to contact people. And something I've never seen, maybe they do this in the series, you give um, information on public transportation, which we don't think so much about that our tourists in right well i think maybe that's one of the things about the european roots of the publisher his other books have you know public transportation you know because in paris you know there's the subways yeah you tell us i mean everybody all the tourists of course take the uh, streetcar right but but you give the exact if it's a streetcar if it's a bus whatever so that and and how close you can get I think so, that's a nice feature as well. I, I, you know, I, yeah, I'm going to do that and not have to drive around. One that I did know about, but I think a lot of New Orleanians who haven't um, gone to St. Louis number one recently is Nicholas Cage's tomb. <laughs> Tell us about Nicholas right. Well, Cage. you have to pay to get in there now, so that so people don't can't freely move. Well, you know, it's not that you pay to uh, admission. You have the to tour guide, right? hire a tour guide. Yeah. Well, there's a good reason for that, isn't there? Well, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying there isn't a good reason. Well, I, I guess People it's people were were defacing it, defacing and, the tombs, right? And it's probably not really safe to go in there at certain times as well. Unfortunately, for, as well. Well, Marie Laveau's tomb is in there. Um, we interviewed Sybil Morial last year. She had written a book, and she actually moved. Dutch Morial's tomb out of St. Louis Number One because there was so much vandalism. I see. With Marie Laveau. Sure. Well, anyway, tell us about Nicholas Cage's tomb. It really is noticeable. Well, Nicholas Cage evidently has a, a New Orleans fetish. I guess you might call it. He, at least he had it at one time. He bought some properties here, some historic properties, and somehow he got 
hold of a piece of real uh, pricey, I would think, real estate in St. Louis, number one, there to put his future tomb. And uh, there's evidently a, well, Marie, look, you mentioned Marie Laveau's tomb where people go and they put crosses on it for to get hexes or to get uh, potions or whatever you want to call it that they do. And on Nicholas Cage's tomb now, uh, women go and uh, kiss it with the red <laughs> lipstick. All the lipstick. Yeah. But it's the shape that's so unusual. It looks more like in his It's movie. a pyramid, yeah. You, you mean the, you mean the tomb itself? Yes. Or, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. I think actually yeah, it was it was a prop in in a film that he made as well. National so, treasure. Yeah, you say. yeah. Well, I know that uh, he went bankrupt, and they took his house in the Garden District, and they took his house in the French Quarter. Yeah. But apparently, when you go bankrupt, they can't take your tomb. <laughs> well, I mean, what would you do? Well, I guess you could stick somebody else in there, I, I suppose. But uh... well, he's going to end up here if he if he keeps it. Um, another interesting one, I thought, we don't know enough about this, is the Irish Cultural Museum. We're, right. we're in the French Quarter neighborhood, obviously. Right. That, that's a relatively new uh, attraction. And uh, it's, in a, it's interesting. that it's, a, it's an American attraction in the sense that it's an Irish-American museum in a colonial Spanish building. And there's a nice courtyard, actually, that you walk into, but that you go around to get into the uh, Irish American Museum, and there's a bar and coffee house in the back as well. So That's appropriate, uh, yeah, it is <laughs> in the French Quarter. And some of us don't know. I mean, the great contribution of the Irish um, culturally, but but you remind us about um, digging the canals and what happened. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's another thing in the book about the Celtic Cross that's on West End where. Up to maybe thirty thousand Irishmen died digging the New Basin Canal. Yeah, well, you know the Irish are one of the most important ethnic groups that uh, created New Orleans. In fact, uh, Yat uh, is traced back to the, the Irish. With, with your wonderful Yat dictionary so and all so the things, you know, that, the, the Germans as well in, in that uh, regard. I guess we won't ask you this time to. Talk yet at us? But. Well, I think I think I probably do naturally. <laughs> well, you, you have a persona uh, that you do in your comic shows. That's just wonderful. Well, thank you, Numa. Numa, thanks you. <laughs> yeah, Numa Shakespeare. Yeah, Numa, I know where you got them shoes, Shakespeare. Yeah, that's right. I'm from New Orleans, baby. <laughs> um, all right, then you move a further uptown, and one attraction that I really—I'm a, a train freak. And I don't think anyone who doesn't love trains even realizes that we've had a locomotive um, on Jefferson Highway over. I mean, it's hidden. It's it's, it's it's pretty well hidden. I can tell you. Yeah, Every once in a while, they'll promote it. Yeah, that's true. They take it. Well, it's a, it's a working locomotive. It's one of the last working locomotives of its type, and it was the most popular locomotive on Earth. I think at one point, that that's you know the the uh, model, and it. it they take it out to. Uh, they can't take good care of it. They take it to Kansas City, I think, and as far as Kansas City, sometimes. Uh, so it is a working, you know, machine. And we can go look at it sometime on Saturdays. Right. You can. Well, you can always kind of go see it if you know where it is. You can go back and you can look at it through the gate. The gate is closed. It's big enough that, and it's close enough to the fence where you can actually see it if you go on another day. But if you want to get close to it, you have to go on a day when it's open when they go and work on the other 
rail cars. There's lots of older other rail cars there, but that's the one that's kept in in pretty pristine shape. Okay, and it's across from Oxner. Right. Uh, it's it's behind it's it's behind the Oxner uh, parking lot. It's across the street, across the highway from but Oxner. We have a lot of Oxners now, so yeah. But it's the one that we think one. of. Yeah, the yeah, main, the main one hospital. on Jefferson yeah. Highway. And um, it is it is it is one of the more hidden things in the book, though. Actually, as far as you know, you you would never know it's there unless somebody told you it was there. Well, at uh, Bon Tom Roulet, which we know it's you know a bar right. on Magazine Street, but I didn't know the history of it. Um, it, it's place in our quirky history. Uh, yeah, we've got, uh, if you, uh, if you go into Le Bon and you go to the end of the bar, furthest away from the, win- the uh, door, you can see a old uh, silver plate, small silver plate on the, bo- on the rail. And it says, what's it say? Lee Harvey Oswald sat here. Yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald <laughs> sat here. Yeah, because that was you where you put he, your bum on the exact same place Oswald put that, his. Right, that's where he used to hang before he left. He lived in an apartment down the street. Uh, that was the last apartment he lived in in New Orleans before he left for Dallas, which is down the street from Le Bon Ton. In fact, that there's a there's also a picture of the front of that building where he lived, which which has kind of a, uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, but this is. This is in the transom from the Streeter magazine. Yes, this is radio. And it's kind of eerie. No, I didn't mean the readers. I mean, I mean the listeners. I meant you. Yeah. If you, if you, you can see the, a picture of um, Jack Kennedy and Jackie Kennedy kind of above the transom there. Right. So that's kind, kind of, of looks of, like a hologram or it's something. It's kind of strange, I find, all these years later, because it's just a residence. You know, it's not like a attraction, really. But the people, you know, they... Well, you know, a friend of mine told me the reason they probably have it there is probably people come looking around wanting to know if that's the house that he lived in the back. So when people see that, they say, well, this is the place. And that way they don't have to bother him and knock on the door. So maybe that's what it is. His defense mechanism. Maybe so, yes. Now, the next one, I mean, I don't know if anybody knows about this. Tulane's mummies. Yeah. They've had the mummies since 18... it's kind of a grotesque picture here. Well, I mean, it looks pretty good for, you know, a 3,000-year-old person. (laughs) Oh, how long it is. I mean, but the mummies, Tulane has had these mummies since 1852. And they uh, they kind of misplaced them. It's kind of like an Indiana Jones type thing where they, at, at times, nobody really realized they had them and people didn't know where they were. And I get a kick out of the fact that they were in a, a room under Tulane Stadium for years. So when I was watching the Saints back in the day or Tulane back in the day or going to the Sugar Bowl or even to the Super Bowl, the mummies were in attendance. Um, and you can go see them. Well, you can only go see them if you get permission. Yeah, you, so have, you to, have to make an appointment. You have to call but it's it, weekdays. You have to, well, you have to. Uh, well, let me. You have to call them up ahead of time, and they may or may not let you look at them because they're not like on public display all the time. It's kind of like a special deal. The guy was kind of the gentleman who's in charge. Uh, I'm sure he was thrilled that you put this in a guy. Well, he might not be thrilled. I, I I hope he's not too bent out of shape about it. I hope he doesn't get bothered too much because he. Uh, he doesn't have time to really be showing them all the time, but uh, it's it's possible to see them. Let's put it that way, because I that's one thing about the book. It, it it was this was kind of a a call that I made. There were other things that I couldn't put in because you can't see them. So technically, you can see it, but uh, it's not on you know public. regular display, public to. display. Well, and something we all know about, <clears throat> maybe more than we want to know, but I thought we should at least mention. 
at the time we're taping this, it's in the news, are the, the Baldwin wood pumps, yes. especially the one on Broad Street. Right. Well, you know, the Baldwin wood pumps. Now, I've, I've lived here all my life, and a lot of people who live here over the, the, tra- the span of my life really didn't even know about the, the real history of these pumps. You would think that a guy like Baldwin Wood who created these pumps, which allowed the city to expand like, into mid-city by draining the swamp, so to speak, would be a little bit more well-known. And not only that, he was really kind of famous in his field where he designed uh, sewer systems in India and Egypt. He His technology helped the Dutch do what they did over there. They and, actually came here. To yes, they came here to copy his technology. And he, Now, the only problem is this was 100 years ago. Right. And because they worked specifically with a certain kind of turbine, um, and not the regular energy. Time has had its way with those pumps. Right, but the pumps have only, only one of those pumps, as far as I know, has been repaired in over a hundred years. It's, they still, some of them are so still. It's not the pumps; it's the no, turbines. No, no. It writes the turbines, and it's but it, it's also the people who are in charge of the turbines. <laughs> we we're very apolitical here. At okay, no, well, no, no, no. Well, I'm not going to mention any names, but I mean, you know, let's not blame it on Baldwin Woods pumps. Nothing ever was, he designed them so nothing could get stuck in them. So nothing has been stuck in them for 117 years. So I think that's pretty good. I think you, can, really give him a, you can give him a pass. <laughs> it's really remarkable. Um, now we have to at least mention the uh, stuff at the the race grounds, mainly because you've spent a great deal of time there. You work there, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. You still work there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And of course I know. Yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are some of your jobs? Well, I'm I'm just a mutual clerk now. I, I over the years I've been uh, jockey agent, uh, custodian of the jockey's room at another racetrack, uh, assistant director of racing at another racetrack. Let's see what else. I know. Last time I was there with a group, uh, we saw you. Yes, I'm uh, I'm the world's greatest mutual clerk. That's how I. <laughs> <laughs> but you really know you really know that track, and you point out there's. Um, some graves there of horses, and there's a Hall of Fame, which not everybody knows about. Right. There's a Hall of Fame uh, timeline that goes across the second floor underneath the grandstand. It's kind of interesting if you're a history buff to see the the, the fine and long history of, of, the, of the racetrack. One thing about the track here, the track, uh, I think that this racetrack is probably more entwined with the culture of the city than almost any racetrack in the country. I mean, if you go any place to a party or any place or, or to any function, there's always somebody that is connected to the track in some way, either their uncle, their grandpa, you know, whatever was involved or liked to go there. So now, it's an important institution. Now we're going downtown, obviously, and then you have past downtown, um, and we don't have enough time to talk about every attraction. As I said, there's over 100 of them, and we're just picking a few that I like. Um I've been to that Katrina Memorial, and not many people know about it. No, it's true. It's it's amazing. And you consider that it's at the end of Canal Street, where probably one of the biggest traffic flows in the city, and you you, you would notice that it, one, of the, one of the reasons you don't notice it is because it, it, it has a modern look to it, I think. Well, it's um, also, I think it was uh, Mary Jane Lacoste who yes. wrote a book about the cemeteries. Pointed out, it's a fine out, book, by the and way. You, and you point out also 
when they were dedicating it and had the mayor and, you know, it would have been a much bigger deal, except we were all fleeing Gustav at the right, time. Right, right. So we, we weren't paying as much attention to the dedication of the Katrina Memorial. That's true. But it's very interesting. It's in the shape of a hurricane. Yes, I have a hurricane. And it has uh, some unknown sur- people's graves that that's, were it, lost in the hurricane. Right, that's what it is. It's the uh, it's a tribute to the people who, like the unknown victims of unclaimed and unknown victims of Katrina. They were given a proper burial by the uh, with the help of the city and with the help of the funeral uh, industry here. And you say the hours vary. There, there. You can you can just get off the streetcar, the red streetcar. Right. Canal yeah. Street it's and, been so long since I, I I don't know the particulars of that exactly. But I right, think you, when you can you just get, get there, off. it's 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 open. It's usually open. Yeah. yeah during, during the day. Daylight. During the day, it's usually open. And you can just walk around. Right. I mean, know. the the gate is closed most of the times when I've gone. The gate is closed, but it's but it but it's it's unlocked. But it's, but it's unlocked. Yes. Yeah. Well, I guess they want to keep dogs. And oh, sure, cats no, no, no. I, I yeah, it's, it's a, coyotes out of the. I mean, there's very rarely anybody there, unless you, maybe there's a tour group, you know. That would have to know about it, you right. know. The tour buses. I did go on um, part of my training as we rode around on some of the tour buses. They do stop out front. And, well, that's one of the things about the book as well. I think that over time, some of these things are going to get more well known. <laughs> yeah, you know, so. If, uh, but that's inevitable, I suppose, because some of these things are new. I mean, this thing is relatively new. I took a group of three natives, um, one of whom is several generations natives, and they're all of an age, and none of them knew anything about it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have known about it, but for the training. Well, it took me a while. You know, I couldn't, at first, when I went to see it, I I couldn't find it right off the bat. (laughs) We couldn't either. You know, I'm looking around, I'm saying, well, where is it? You know, and it took me a few minutes, but I mean, it wasn't like it was so evident. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's a small plaque. Yeah. Another train thing, which I knew nothing about, and I guess I haven't been to the botanical gardens in a couple of years, but there's actually a little uh, train garden in the middle of the botanical gardens. Is that relatively new? No, it's been there a while. I mean, it's been there a while, but it's, it's, it's tucked way in the back in its own little space. And it's it's pretty interesting. It's it's a it's, you know if you if you don't know it's there, and you walk into the botanical garden, you find that it's really kind of a, a little magical little moment just to see it. I think you know because it's done by a, a gentleman that does these all over the country. So he's at the the top of his field. He does one he, at the uh, New York Botanical Garden, which they has a Christmas big Christmas show every year. Now this one's not quite as elaborate, but it's really interesting how they put together the. The houses, they're made out of, you know, vegetation, you know, vines and nuts and and different things. And, uh, and, and they're really... 1,300 feet long. Yeah, track. and they're really well done. I mean, they're really well done models of, of New Orleans architecture done in uh, plant materials. And the picture that you have is the U.S. Coast Guard station in some kind of yeah. wood or something. And it, it, it's yeah. like a survey of the, uh, of the area with architectural styles in different neighborhoods done in... Uh, so next time Plants. people are at City Park, I mean, locals would go there for Christmas or right. whatever. And I think you can go, you know, locals can go, I think locals can go for free on a Wednesday. I think I'm not, that might be the wrong day, but there's one day you might want to check that. So, and, and the, the Botanical Garden is great. I mean, it, they fixed it up so, the, well, the park in general, they've done a lot of really good things with the park since Katrina. Well, while we're in the neighborhood, I want to mention uh, City Park. I just found out about that this week. <clears throat> there's a new high point in yeah. town. There's a new mountain besides Monkey Hill. Um, yeah, Laborde Mountain. Laborde Mountain. If, if you 
watch TV or read New Orleans Magazine. That's Errol Laborde's father. Oh, really? No kidding. Yeah, he, okay. Um, I didn't know that. That's yeah, even news he, to me. He was head of the park okay. for a long time. Well, but, it's kind of a common name, Laborde. I know several people named Laborde, and yeah. they're not necessarily related to each other. So well, I he's written about it a few oh, times, okay. so that's how I knew. But but tell us about it. It's it's, it's well, an artificial mountain. Yeah, they, uh, well, so is Monkey Hill. So they... Yeah. Uh, they took some of the fill that they dug out when they built uh, rip the rap. coterie forest. Yeah, riprap and stuff, and they put it, made it into a small mountain. It's, the coterie forest is a, is a nature reserve, I guess you'd call it, like a little walk that's in the middle of the city park. It's a place you can, you know, park your car in the middle of the city. You can walk through, the, through a forest. And then a few feet into the forest, You'll run into uh, if you go the right, take the right fork. You'll you'll hit Laborde Mountain, and there's three ascents to our huge mountain. <laughs> um, different ways to get up there, and it, there's there's an overlook at the top, but it's it's the canopy is so thick that you really can't really see anything from the top except the, trees. except trees. But if you want to get away from things, that's a place to go. Now there was a beautiful uh, summit <clears throat> that was a, uh, but. It, Vandals destroyed it, and so now they had to... What a shame. Yeah, so maybe they'll fix it up at some point. I don't know. Well, anyway, a, a, a new place to take your kids besides Monkey Hill. To Which is kind of, you know, it's it, that, that, that this is a bittersweet one in, in a way because it's like, you know, everybody uh, has a claim to Monkey Hill, you know, through in their childhood that you grew up here. So now your highest point is no longer your highest point, so it's... Well, and it's gotten so fancy. I mean, well, that's zoo, true. That's true. The yeah. whole zoo is so fancy. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, there'll probably be a Starbucks at the top of Laborde Mountain soon. <laughs> someday. Yeah. <laughs> someday, yeah. Well, gee, there's so many other things. While you're out there, I mean, I just have to have you mention Lakefront, the, those murals at Chushan Airport. Yeah, those things. Lakefront Airport takes my breath away. I just love Art Deco. Yeah. And it and it, you feel like you're in a 1930s movie. Yeah, absolutely. When you walk around. I mean, it looks like it must have looked, you know, fifty years yeah, it's, ago. It's 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 utterly years ago. yeah, it's, it's utterly a beautiful place. I mean, it just is, and those murals are incredible. Uh, the, the building itself. I mean, God, you could spend, you could spend a couple of hours, you know, combing through that building and just running into Art Deco after Art Deco, you know, motif. Now you can walk around for free, and you can sure. park there. Yes, yeah. um, and they have two restaurants. They have a, a soda fountain. I mean. Yeah. And, Restored and really looks like the 30s. And then, every afternoon that I've gone there, you could go in there and you could echo because there's nobody there. I mean, it's 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 you know it's crazy. You know, we had these New Orleans has this penchant for building things and making them into ruins. You know, like that's kind of like that thing's been resurrected, become a ruin, resurrected, become a ruin. You know, Piazza d'Italia, you know, resurrected, become. You know, I mean, we we just do that all the time. We have our own modern ruins. Isn't it wonderful to live in New Orleans? There's never Mostly. a shortage. Of... Plus it rains. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, don't blame the Baldwin pumps. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. Well, it's a wonderful book. Well, thank um, you so much, I really appreciate and, it. And it's described, it says, an indispensable guide for those who thought they knew New Orleans well or would like to, to discover the other face of the city. And you've been listening to Writers Forum, and we want to thank our guest today, Chris Champagne, storyteller, comedian, poet, and author most recently of a wonderful little guidebook, Secret New Orleans. 
I'm Sherry Alexander for WRBH. Thank you.